Welcome to the Industrial IoT Spotlight, your number one spot for insight from industrial IoT thought leaders who are transforming businesses today with your host, Eric Walenza. Welcome back to the Industrial IoT Spotlight podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walenza, CEO of IoT One the consultancy that helps companies create value from data to achieve growth. Our guest today is Dr. Ahmad Glover, founder and CEO of Wiggle. Wiggle sends targeted energy through an over-the-air wireless electrical power network in order to power or recharge devices without cords and wires. In this talk, we discuss the current status of wireless charging and the alternative solutions for consumer industrial environments. We also explored the potential for a distributed wireless energy network that leverages existing infrastructure to ensure that energy is available on demand. If you find these conversations valuable, please leave us a comment and a five-star review. And if you'd like to share your company's story or recommend a speaker, please email us at team at iot1.com. Finally, if you have an IoT research strategy or training initiative that you'd like to discuss, you can email me directly at erik.walenza at iot1.com. Thank you. Ahmad, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So super interesting conversation that, that we're going to have. I think this is um, technology that has existed in the minds of, and of sci-fi you know, fans for, you know, for, for decades. And so it's, it's quite interesting now to see it start to make its way towards the real world. But before we get into this topic of, of you know, wireless energy transfer, I know you have yourself a you know a, a very kind of long and interesting career. Can you just give us you know the quick uh, walkthrough of some of the highlights in your career and how you now ended up uh, as uh, CEO of Wiggle? Oh, perfect. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks again for for inviting us to this. So for me, started my uh, careers in the Air Force. Joined the Air Force at, at uh, eighteen years old was afforded the opportunity to see the world, get a bunch of degrees, do a bunch of interesting jobs. A couple of those jobs landed me inside of the uh, special operations world where I was doing acquisitions for special operators. And so we do a bunch of testing things. And almost every single one of those, probably over the last two decades, had something to do with a mobile device, some kind of handheld, some kind of device that you took with you, some kind of forward deploy kind of thing. And so one of the challenges uh, with those devices were always batteries dying. And so one of the last jobs I had uh, in the Air Force was dealing with this uh, fifth generations of waveform, uh, what people call these 5G waveforms and how you can do these Gucci things with them. And so I was put with a team of some very, very smart folks in and around the MIT space and around the defense industry space. And I used to always bug those guys, hey, one day we're going to solve this dead body dead battery problem. And they'd always laugh at me. Fast forward, I retire. I get called back as a contractor. Hey, can you come help us do some of this 5G Gucci stuff? And uh, I got this same team. This, the, the band was back together. And so I said, hey, I'm retired now. Let's talk about this battery thing. And so that afforded me the opportunity to work with those guys to figure out how do you use some new Gucci waveforms and some old waveforms, stuff that we, we've had for a while to do something different with those. And so that's where the patent for wireless electrical grid, local area networks, I'll talk about that a lot as we go on this podcast, the name Wiggle. That's where the patent for Wiggle uh, uh, came from. 
And and it was born out of that space inside of DOD to do things for uh, for DOD, specifically special operators and folks who were uh, on the front lines of, of, of battlefields who need to have power on the move, power that they can take with them, don't need to be reliant on uh, on batteries or battery chargers or blocks. So that's me. That's how I got from interesting career as an Air Force guy in the special operations world, buying stuff to wiggle. But thanks, thanks, thanks for the question. Gotcha. And yeah, it makes sense that um, defense would be, you know, the the natural birthplace for this, right? You have some pretty intense requirements, right, out in, in the field. Is this, I mean, without getting into anything that might be confidential, is this technology already being deployed or is this is this still more in the you know, uh, R&D or piloting in, in the, the defense space? So Wiggle is a company, I started a company right after I retired in about 2012 called uh, Glover 38 Street Holdings. And so one of the things that we did in uh, Glover 38 Street Holdings was government contracts. And so we, we provided different types of resources uh, back to uh, back to DOD. Uh, again, I'm, I'm retired Air Force, so Air Force was one of my uh, our largest uh, customers. Inside of the Glover 38 Street Holdings, or G38, was where Wiggle was birthed. And so in about 2020, of course, when COVID hit, it was starting to get a lot of interest inside of uh, inside of DOD. We were given our first contract in January of 2020 uh, to explore Wiggle for uh, for Air Force applications. Since then, uh, yes, it, it has uh, it has matured. We're doing um, some different kinds of applications of Wiggle uh, for DOD today. And as we are on this podcast right now, we're on kind of contract watch for two additional contracts for two additional applications uh, of Wiggle uh, that DOD would like to see. Okay, great. And so DOD, you know, again, makes sense as an early adopter here. Are there other commercial use cases or, or, or customers that are also early adopters or, or people that you would see as potential early adopters? Where are we in the commercial space here? Let's go back to right at Early on, I said, you know, wireless, wireless electric grid, local area networks or wiggle. And I said, I'm going to talk about that name a lot. So when you think about the wireless electrical part, just the ability to take power and send it from a single transmitter to a receiver. Uh, in this case, and I apologize, I'm like, hey, I do have the right kind of remote. I'm going to use this guy. I'm going to talk about a Samsung uh, remote. I got a Samsung television in here. The reason why I'm showing you that is because Samsung announced January the 2nd, 2020, that Samsung's new TV remote uses radio waves from your router to charge your remote control. And so are there commercial applications? Absolutely. But that's only in one small piece under the larger umbrella of Wiggle. So if you think about that television or that router or, or something that's powered, connected to the grid, right, the G part of Wiggle, that says, hey, I see a receiver out there. I've got some random radio wave noise. I'm going to send that to that receiver. In this case, your receiver is this thing that you don't want to find batteries for. Absolutely, there are applications growing by the day uh, for doing those kinds of things with the uh, with wireless power. Wiggle is a broader picture that looks more like how do we build, how do we do cellular, right? I couldn't make cellular calls if I had one cell phone tower, one that I could connect to. I can make cell phone calls because there are infrastructure of tower that allow me to move around. That's what Wiggle is, power on the move. It's not just a single transmitter, uh, in this case, a television, and a single receiver, a remote. It's all the stuff that, Eric, that you have in your pocket, that you're wearing, that you plug in your ears. It's all of that stuff working together to give us a wireless power network. 
Okay, so if I understand correctly, then the the current use cases that are on the market are more customized for one particular application. So it's one brand that has a remote and a transceiver receiver designed specifically for this case. And what you're envisioning is then something that's more like a wireless network where I basically, I, I'm in my home, it's powering, I'm in the taxi, it's powering, I'm, I, I arrive at the office and it's powering. So, you know, there's, there's different points throughout my journey of a day where I have access to the network and I have access to electricity from the network wirelessly. Is that, is that a fair description of, of the vision versus maybe the reality today? That is exactly what it is. Now, I'm going to take it a step past envisioning, right? We envisioned it a couple of years ago. We're now putting it into place. And so, so yeah, exactly what you said. This is moving away from in a laboratory, right? We did a bunch of stuff with the Florida International University about being able to take this technology, make it real, put it, put it on a desk, make it do something, you know, really Gucci. We're past that. Now we're at the point of raising capital, getting the infrastructure in place, having the capability that in a few years, exactly what you just said, you'll have power on them. You will log into a network, right? You don't, you don't think about, I need to take my phone and I got to log into this thing. Okay, now now I'm somewhere else and I got to log into something. Nope, you just take that phone and go, and that phone does all the stuff you need it to do. That's what we're that's what we're putting into place. Gotcha. And so you you mentioned a couple devices already. So we have a remote, we have a phone. I guess a remote is quite a low power device. A phone is, I'd say, maybe a more of a medium power device, but you know, also much lower consumption than than maybe a TV set. So is there a set of Yes. You know, what what's the scope of devices that you think might be the first adopters for this in a in a commercial uh, situation? So 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 the reason why I say yes, right, is conceptually for us to think about bigger than just the receiver side, right? So that's why you know again I go back to the word wireless electrical grid of local area networks. So inside of that grid part, that right that that G part of Wickham. There are transmitters, transceivers. So, so to your point, right? Well, we would say, well, a television. I wouldn't wirelessly power. Right? It's too much. I need too much juice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to a microwave oven. I wouldn't do that to a refrigerator. Well, wait a minute. You wouldn't make the refrigerator or the TV or the microwave a receiver. I agree, but you could make it a transmitter. So when you say, well, what kinds of devices are inside of that wiggle umbrella? We're thinking more like Samsung, right? I can turn those things that are connected to the grid into transmitters, and I can do that fairly easily, fairly cheaply, fairly cheaply. Now I can move to the receiver side and begin to talk about some of those low power applications that I may be able to power. I may be able to skip a recharge and get you direct power, or I may be able to give you some kind of receiver or transceiver capability in some of those devices. So so that was my reason for saying yes, because it's things that are on the grid, we're looking very, very actively at making those things in the transmitters, the transceivers, and those smaller devices that we can get to quickly, those low-hanging fruit that we can power or recharge. We're turning transmitters, uh, I'm sorry, receivers into those guys. But we're not breaking it and giving you a new uh, a remote. We're not giving you a new phone. In generation one of these things, we're giving you a dongle. So we're giving you a receiver that connects into your existing uh, recharging port. Okay, gotcha. So so version one is a dongle. 
And that's interesting that for the transceiver side, you're envisioning this being kind of technology deployed or integrated into existing devices, as opposed to basically your gateway for transmitting energy. Why do you why do you see this uh, the the form factor more likely to be integrated into existing devices as opposed to a network of separate devices as we have for for Wi-Fi, for example? So two reasons. One is I've got to get past freeze equation. I don't want to go supernova on the techie, but I've got to get past this power versus distance problem. And so what folks have been chasing for a while now is to just give you more energy, just blast, irradiate you with more energy. And then uh, hopefully some trickle portion of that energy will hit your receiver and give you enough to be useful. Well, Wiggle says, well, why, why don't I just give you a bunch of smaller transmitters? Just put them all over the place. So, so if I get past the, the equation of power at distance because I put transmitters all over the place, then, then that's, that's one piece. The second piece is a kind of a business uh, uh, piece of it. From a business standpoint, I in no way can have a company that says we make televisions, microwaves, electrical outlets, a ceiling fans, key fob, right? It's, it's just too much. But I can put this technology, license this technology into these existing applications. And so those are the, t- the two key drivers. There's one, I've got a technical piece but I've got to put lots of transmitters in and around doing these things to give you slow trickle charge. And the other part is a business side where I've got to have a broad enough application of it where it's not just Apple, just Samsung. It's, 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 Wiggle is too big for just Apple. Wiggle is too big for just Samsung. Gotcha. So there's some kind of exponential function where if you just had one device in your home, it would work within a radius and then you go outside of that and it's just transmitting too little data. But if you, you already have... You know, 30 devices in the home. So if, if 10 of those have wiggle deployed inside of them, you're always close enough to something to get a, a reasonable amount of power uh, to your device. So that's interesting. The use cases on the power consumption side, I guess you have your devices with relatively low battery consumption. You also, I mean, I don't know, this is more on the industrial side. So that's looking at consumer devices. If we look at industrial, I, I see kind of increasing interest in batteryless devices because um, you know then you're, you know, you're deploying a sensor up in um, you know somewhere in, in um, ducks or something, and you just want to basically leave it there for ten years. You don't want to have to ha- you know, send somebody up to repair or replace the battery. So you have these use cases uh, in factories and so forth. You know, I, I guess for Wiggle, probably use cases out in the field, you also have these situations where you want to basically have a sensor out in the field for 10 years, you know, measuring is it raining or not. Probably not so suitable for those use cases because you're dealing with really broad distances. But for this type of factory setting, what do you see in terms of the, the industrial or the B2B applications here? Good question. Okay, so, so if you think about a confined space, where there are sensors to tell you if there are cracks or holes or rust or corrosion, right? A, a, a whole plethora of things that we're measuring for, for for safety in a confined space. Absolutely, you could use some kind of wireless power network to manage those things. The question becomes, what's in it, right? So if you're in a confined space in a, in a fuel cell or in, a, in an oil tank or uh, in, a, in a deep water collection system, or a sewage system where you probably don't have humans or animals, right? Then we get away from the question of what what waveform are you using? So everything that we've talked about up until now has been in and around 
the safer waveforms, right? The Wi-Fi frequencies, the radio frequencies. Uh, when you get into some of these more B2B kind of places, more of these austere locations, no humans are there, no animals are there. Um, we're just protecting a pipeline. You may be able to use more uh, higher frequency waveform uh, to send the power. You may be able to do things like LIDAR or laser to send that energy. Wiggle is not restricted to just uh, radio frequencies. It's it's uh, waveform agnostic. We're just sending energy, whatever that uh, wireless energy source is, right? The 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 W part of Wiggle. We don't right. We're not we're not wed to a specific uh, a specific radio frequency. And so in those types of applications, absolutely, uh, you could have a location that you're sending a laser or LIDAR to power some of these uh, uh, devices and sensors, uh, robotics that are moving around, drones uh, that you're putting into the air to power these devices. Again, the key to these, however, is not a single transmitter to do this, but a network, a local area network, a wide area network. Uh, of, of transmitters and transceivers that are managing these devices that are on the network. We did uh, start this journey with a company that was, a, and I don't think I can release the name of the robot, but they had a robot um, that we were going to put a tail onto. Um, apologies, I don't know the status of that project right now, only because we've been focused on this TLD thing that kind of landed on it. But uh, in that application, it was going to be an autonomous a robot that goes out on its own, rather than having to be plugged in uh, to recharge the batteries on this thing, we were just going to provide energy for it direct. Now, Wiggle is also, we're not omnidirectional energy guys, right? We're directed energy. So we were going to track this robot as this guy moved around and send him the energy that he needed to trickle charge. A, I kept calling a capacitor uh, in the loop. My guys say it's a, it's a battery pack. So to give him an additional battery pack, so we're always, you know, if you think about this robot and say, for example, this guy has three battery packs, we're always targeting one or two of the non-use battery packs to recharge. So as this guy goes down, he switches now to this guy, and we recharge these two other guys. So absolutely, there's a B2B application uh, that's already being explored and looked at. Okay, interesting. Well, let, let's go into a bit the, the technology here, since you mentioned, you know, a couple of the different options. So maybe just some some simple questions first. We have then a... A B2C situation where, at least the way I'm envisioning this, is that it is on the directional. Right? It's coming out of the TV, and then it doesn't need to know where your device is. It doesn't need to have machine vision or anything. Basically, if you're in proximity, you can start powering the, system, the, the device. And then you have something that would be like a LiDAR, which I guess would be directing that energy towards towards the endpoint. First, is that correct? And, it, and then what are the ranges that we're looking at that, you know, where, where a device can get a practical amount of of energy with these two options, with the, the B2C option and the B2B option? So if you think end user, right? So the end user could care less, you know, what radio frequency and all of this jazz. The end user just says, hey, I Internet of Things. In order for my Internet of Things devices to work, I need to be on the Internet. So if you tell me that that's Wi-Fi, right, it's, uh, it's 2.4 gigahertz, I just tell me how to log on. I need to log on in to get to 2.4 gigahertz. I don't care how far away I am from the transmitter, right? The, the end user. It just says, I, I, I got, you know, what does my, my son tells me all the time? I got two bars, I got three bars, or whatever, whatever, whatever they're looking at to, to manage their access to the internet. So the same kind of concept happens uh, here for end user uh, with Wiggle. We say, okay, well, you are within range of a transmitter. 
hacking, they don't know this stuff is happening. It's happening on the table. It says you're within a location of transmitters one, two, and nine. And these transmitters are managing you. Okay, so now you've moved around and now you're one, nine, and 37. And, and these transmitters are doing the handoffs for you kind of the same way that we manage a cellular. So for the B2B applications, I'm sorry, B2C applications, that's what's happening for you as the end user. For distance, uh, what we've what we've been able to measure. So we uh, we published a paper here. Ooh, we're in 2022. So last year seems like a long time ago, but we published a paper last year in scientific reports about what we were able to do, uh, basically within a eight foot by eight foot or ten foot by ten foot uh, grid uh, using three transmitters, and these three transmitters were able to send uh, power to a device on the move, right? And, and inside of inside of this space. So if you think about an eight foot grid with just three transmitters, right? Then you'd say, okay, well, you know, what well, well if I had if I had six, right, would that give me 18, 20 feet, right? What what could I do with those kind of things? So that's actually what we're doing with some of these other applications of, of things we're doing right now. And again, that's on 2.4 gigahertz, right? That was that was the uh, the model that we we were using. We've got another company that we partner with called Gwen, and they're working with some commercial off-the-shelf omnidirectional transmitters. And it looks like we're able to get a little bit shorter. I think we're about four to four to six feet is the distance from the transmitter. But if you say four to six feet, well, that gives me 12 foot of distance between the two transmitters. That's quite a, a quite a bit of a distance when you think back to our earlier conversation, which is we're not we're not looking at uh, giving you a transmitters that's some new thing. We're looking to retrofit the existing things that are on the grid inside of inside of your homes, inside of your cars, inside of your businesses. So your laptop, which you're plugged in, it, it's on the grid. It could be a transceiver. Your coffee pot that's plugged in, right? It could be a it could be a transceiver. Your overhead light light switches, right? These are things that can become transmitters. And so when you say, well, okay, well, twelve feet. Right. Well, wait a minute. Right. I've got a considerable number of things connected to the grid that are uh, shorter than 12 feet away uh, that could be turned into into transmitters. So from the end user uh, uh, end customer side, we're looking at things that won't disrupt their lives. They'll continue to go. They'll just have to you know, kind of wait as we did with the way cell phone uh, initially matriculated out, which is things are starting to get uh, become wiggle enabled. And so I need to get that newer thing because I got a dead spot in my house or this lamp that's wiggle enabled or this table that's wiggle enabled or this electric couch that's wiggle enabled because it connects to the grid, those kinds of things. And from a business standpoint, it would be a matter of, okay, so so we make these kinds of devices. We make ceiling fans. As a ceiling fan manufacturer, I had no idea I was in the IoT space. Now that I know that, there's a business application for ceiling fan manufacturing. So hope, hopefully I answered it from, from both the B2B and B2C for you. Yeah, so so let's go into that a little bit deeper. So let's say I'm ceiling fan manufacturer, I'm a TV manufacturer, I'm, you know, whatever whatever device manufacturer. So then maybe if we look at it from two perspectives, uh, one would be how do I enable my device to transmit uh, you know energy into this grid? So is it yeah is it just a aftermarket dongle that somebody could you know somebody could buy at the Best Buy and go install or does it have to be installed in the manufacturing process and and then the second question would be what's in it for me so is there a business model for them aside from you know maybe 
basically why why would they be motivated to install this in the in the production process and then add this as a feature to their to their device uh, so i'll answer the first piece just like we talked about with the receivers right we talked about a generation one where there's a dongle generation two we go embedded generation three it's now moving away from the recharge and into the power side same thing happens on the transmitter side so on the transmitter side uh what we've focus primarily on right now is that directed energy piece of it, right? So moving away from the omnidirectional, right? Still still giving you the ability to do omnidirectional wiggle, right? So taking commercial off the shelf, buy another guy's transmitter, build a network with that guy's transmitter and go, look, you can buy these all day, every day. You can go online, get them, right? You, you can have the ability to do wiggle, uh, wiggle enable capability with that guy's stuff. The generation one is, Exactly what you just said. It's a dongle so the end user can go buy something that connects to their ceiling fan, that connects to their television, and it, it has an a antenna and a dongle piece on it. And yep, now you, you at home, do it yourself. You can make these things with an enable. That next generation is, now I need that ceiling fan manufacturer to go, wait a minute, to your point, what's the whiffing, right? What's in it for me? Well, what's in it for you is, I wish we lived in a world where... You and I could talk right now like this, and it were free. It is not. I pay a monthly bill uh, for electric. I pay a monthly bill for uh, my subscription for data. And so uh, Wiggle is, is that exact exact same model. It has a subscription piece. And so if you want to get Wi-Fi at your hotel or Wi-Fi at the cafe or Wi-Fi on board an airplane, you pay a subscription. So uh, in, that, in that subscription, there's lots of people who take a little tax off of that subscription because they built the infrastructure that provides that. Same thing happens for that ceiling fan manufacturer. Ceiling fan manufacturer right now has no idea they're in the IoT space. They have no idea how to monetize being in the IoT space. Wiggle gives them that ability to get into the IoT space and monetize it. So that's the whiffum for that ceiling fan manufacturer, for the electrical furniture manufacturer. Anyone who is on a grid right now, connect to the grid. We, me, you, all of us need the ability to get energy to these things, right? These things are very, very important. They're critical to us. I mean, I, as I sit here, you know, at, at my desk, I can grab a bunch of stuff that I need to, to have wirelessly power. And if I had someone who basically can get found money because they make lamps and, uh, and this lamp can be wiggle enabled and because it's wiggle enabled, and we know, right, we're going to manage. I've got these transmitters that are sending me power. These transmitters translate into revenue, which goes into modernization for the manufacturers of those devices. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, makes sense. Let's talk about a couple of the, the concerns that folks might have with this. So one you already alluded to, which is the, you know, the safety concerns. So you've got the, the consumer you know, option, and then you have the industrial option, which you know, I guess you, you don't want to be I don't know, powering a device that uh, your, your dog is lying between and, and having that kind of run, run through your dog for, for an hour. So what are the, you know, the frequencies that we're dealing with here? And then what are the safety concerns related to, you know, to both? I, I guess for the, you know, at least for the home solutions, people might have safety concerns. They might not be valid, but at, but at least, you know, people would, you know, it's a new technology. So people would at least raise the question. So maybe you can, you can walk us through what concerns there might actually be here. It's the same concern that I have, right? I've got a, a 17 and, a, and an 18 year old. I started this. They were they were younger kids, right? You you're always concerned with the with the safety of radiating anything. I talked about my background in uh, special operations acquisitions. 
I was in a satellite space, right? So I was in the military sat, mil sat, military satellite communication space. Where we were doing all kinds of interesting things with waveform and sending them from um, Leo, Geo, Heo, higher orbit down to humans running around and doing stuff and sending them to drones and pick right, lots and lots and lots of very, very unsafe waveforms that you don't want to stand in front of. But what we're talking about here and what we've demonstrated here, and, and, and we've been very, very specific on this. Wiggle is waveform agnostic. So if you want to talk to me about high microwave frequencies, you want to talk to me about L band, KU band, S band, got it, right? Let, let's, let's, let's have a discussion about what we could do across those bands. But what we've demonstrated for humans are, wait, Wi-Fi, 2.4 gigahertz at less than one watt. And we did that because that's what the FCC says for us here in the States is safe for humans. So what we've looked at is not pump up the power so you can move further away. We've looked at give you more transmitters at a smaller radiation so that it's safer for you. And it turns out lithium ion doesn't like to be power, re- recharged quickly. It likes to slowly trickle charge, restore energy in those cells. And so what Wiggle is looking to do is meet both the distance problem, give you way more transmitters, and the safety problem, let's radiate less. Got you. Got you. Okay. And then you have the B2B environment, and you, you mentioned that, that that can be more concerning. So uh, you know, if you're using an infrared or something, what are the concerns there? Is it... I mean, is it related to sensitive membranes like eyes or is it any, um, you know, biological flesh? Does this also pose concerns for corrosion of, you know, if you're putting this through a pipe, could this also cause uh, the you know, increased aging of the material? Are there other, you know, other issues that might be a, a concern for maintenance here? Yeah. So all of the above, right? Right. You don't <laughs> you don't want to put uh, we're going to put a sensor in here to monitor you know, cracks or corrosions or, or pitting in a metal. We're going to send a, a waveform that is going to a crack, corrode, or pit the metal, right? So, you know, you don't, you, you don't want to do that. So absolutely, in the B2B applications, there's concern with what am I recharging or powering? How can I do that safely for what your mission set is, right? If your mission set is to protect or monitor for, then we're not causing what you're protecting or monitoring for. And so, so there's absolutely a waveform consideration for a spectrum consideration. I don't want to say waveform, a spectrum consideration for what your uh, sensors or devices are that you're that you're using. But luckily, we're uh, we're at a we're at a space right now where I was going to say inside of DoD. I'll, I'll say not just DoD. We now have the ability to software control. Right? Think if you think of IoT, we can software control when and how. And if there's interference and if there's something in the way or if we need to throttle up or throttle down on power management. So we can do those things now so that if you are in an austere location, but cows happen to come through here or coyotes, we're not, you know, to your point, we're not cooking the cows or setting the coyotes on fire because we're using this, uh, these really high power Gucci waveforms. We've got the ability to know what's there, manage what's there, non-interfere, move waveforms, hop from one node, one transmitter node to another transmitter node because there is interference and those kinds of things. Gotcha. And then the other concern that I can imagine people having is, 
is the environmental concern related? You know, I think one of the themes of 2020 has been, or 2021 has been sustainability, right? And how much, how much energy are we consuming? And I suppose here, there's going to be more energy lost to the environment than there would if you're plugging in a device. Then you also have on the, on the flip side of that, you have the benefit of, you know, consuming less batteries, because there's also certainly a concern around how many batteries and how much lithium we're going to be you know, consuming as we move more towards uh, electrification of you know, cars, and but also other devices. What does the equation look like for energy efficiency? And then, you know, and then also on the battery side, you know, in terms of hopefully reducing the, you know, the size or the number of uh, batteries that we're consuming. I wish I had a better answer than I have. When we look at wireless versus wired, right? That's that's the you know efficiency question. If I were talking to you right now across an ether, it would have far less latency than right now I'm talking to you on Wi-Fi. We have not invented new math. We, we don't have better efficiency for wireless anything than we do for wire. We, we, we just don't. And so if, if the question is going to wireless power, is it going to be more efficient than using wired, no, no, not not even not not nothing I've seen, not, not not even close. However, if we say wireless convenience, then absolutely, we all want the ability to get away from having to go plug that thing in, find somewhere, crawl under that nasty table, and plug this device back up so it'll recharge. With the matter of batteries, so again, I've said a couple of times these generations of things that we're working on. And so some of those farther out generational things that we're working on is, and our CTO says this best, uh, Sharif Chabay, when we can get to a point where the infrastructure around us, a large portion of the infrastructure around us, is sending us safe power from multiple nodes that are software managed, they know where I am, then my need for such a large battery diminishes potentially getting me to a place where I just need enough to start up, find, geolocate, and then I'm on the grid. And so ability to reduce our reliance on lithium ion is huge. You ask, what's that equation? I don't know. If you ask, what's that date? I don't know. But I do know that we're marching as fast as we can, and and, and not just wiggle. There are a number of, of industry leaders in this space. I just I talked at the beginning about what Samsung is trying to do. A number of people in this space who are marching as quickly as we can uh, to get us uh, to, to a place where you're on a, a wiggle network, where you have the ability to, uh, to simply log on, and that battery reliance uh, goes away. We, you know, as, as, as you know, uh, probably better, better than most, some, some of these batteries are not even allowed on airplanes anymore because these batteries are extremely dangerous. And so, yet we are doing yeoman's work to get all of us uh, away from that, but those are in future out generations. Of, of wiggle capabilities. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great. So the potential here is very interesting, right? Very interesting for the IoT landscape, for the consumer device landscape. You have a number of um, projects ongoing with DOD right now, which is you know, often a first mover in technologies such as this. It sounds like there's already a few use cases in, in the consumer space uh, that are on the market. What is the horizon here for for the early adopters, let's say the first ten percent of you know uh, of people to start having this in their home or some kind of you know synonymous uh, solution in their home, 
you know, and then what's the horizon for this to be scaled up to the to the majority? What what do you see as a feasible timeline? And and maybe you can share, you know, along the way what some of the early I think you've already touched on some of the earlier use cases, but what would be the trajectory for you know the initial use cases that are coming online uh, on on Wiggle? We're on contract watch, but I'll talk a little bit about uh, what we're doing inside of uh, inside of this DoD space because it right when folks hear DoD, they tend to think some military rise thingy that classified. No, this is a uh, one of the applications that we're we're intending to do for DoD is a is an Android Android device. And so that device is very similar to this phone, has a very similar battery size as that phone. And we're going to do uh, a dongle that goes on that device. That same dongle could very easily be used on your Android device or a different application at the end of that dongle could be used on some other manufacturer's very similar five volt battery device, lithium ion battery device. And so that's that's one of the very, very uh, earliest applications of that. For Wiggle as a company, again, started under Glover 30 Street Holdings G38. We spun that off right at the heart of, of, of COVID because that's the best time to start a business is when you can't do anything, you can't move, you can't set up a bank account, but, you know, water under the bridge now. And so uh, we were able to, in, uh, in 2020, start to think about what it took for that horizon to become real. And so, of course, one of the things any business needs is capital. And so we went uh, and we started a capital raise. Uh, We were the first regulation crowdfunder on a a platform called StartEngine to meet the new $5 million uh, market cap. Uh, We raised that very quickly, very, very quickly, uh, so quickly that uh, we went back here recently uh, to the SEC and requested a permission to to do something similar, a Reg A raise. And inside of that Reg A raise, we've got some very targeted milestones for our horizon growth to get B2B and B2C. And so some of those things are in the acquisition space. So there are some companies who we feel are right at the edge of uh, where we would like this technology to be. It would take some small retrofitting, retooling uh, to make uh, some applications for both B2B and B2C very quickly based on some of the things that we've leveraged inside of uh, applications for the DOD space. And so so we think that probably inside of the next three to five years is where you'll see the hockey sticks start to really go up and you'll see lots and lots more product and applications of Wiggle uh, for you. I mentioned before, Samsung, separate from us, Samsung has already come up with something for a single transmitter to a single receiver. And so we think folks are already beginning to look conceptually at how to get inside of, of the Wiggle uh, ecosystem. And so we don't, we don't see a 10, 20, 30, 50 years you know, horizon for you to be able to have uh, Wiggle capabilities. We see that inside of, a, in, inside of just a handful of years from now. Okay. Okay. Great. Are you planning to? So it, it sounds like you you have um, recently completed a capital raise. You have plans on, on going for a, for another. Are you planning more of a traditional uh, venture capital raise? Is that something that's uh, you know, or, or maybe corporate venture? Is that something that you're looking at? So I have a bit of a story to talk about why we are not in the heart of a uh, COVID. 
when humans were terrified of other humans, right? You couldn't breathe on each other. You couldn't touch each other. Uh, I think, you know, folks were beginning to question if direct eye contact could give you COVID. We started this whole capital raise. So I'll never forget, I was, uh, I was told by this one uh, a billionaire. He said, hey, I'm love with him. I want you to come to my house and we're going we're gonna to figure out how to do it. And so, and so I jump in my car and I drive through the night. And I go to this guy's house and I get to his house and his dog's jumping all up on me. I don't know if dogs give you COVID, right? I'm afraid of the dog. Uh, he comes out, you know, he's a, he's a toucher. So, okay, I don't know if I got COVID now from touching this guy. And we go over all the stuff and we do all the, the, all the pitch, uh, share all the information with them and all of this stuff. That turns into this whole show, really, that kind of started to feel from my standpoint, from my attorney standpoint, more of... How could I get around your technology and do this on my own? Then how do we move the technology forward? And so, again, I'm retired uh, Air Force guy. Integrity and your word are very important to me. That became it didn't feel right to me to be in that capital raise space with some of the venture capital. Not, not to say that this guy was a representation of all, but to be in that space with some of the venture capital folks. And we were talking to others because it just didn't feel Genuine. It didn't feel right to me. And so when we went to uh, Start Engine for the regulation crowdfunding, we were able to communicate directly with uh, investors, uh, you know, regular, regular Joes or, or in some of these folks with venture capital who could ask us the questions. We could answer the question. Uh, it was authentic. Everybody could see what the, all the information was. It wasn't. Well, don't tell this guy that we talked about that, which happened a lot in, in some of these uh, VC conversations. And so. I don't see Wiggle going out for some of the traditional venture capital. Not that it's, I'm, I'm not discouraging anybody who, who, who is uh, from pursuing that. It's just my background, the place I came from, that didn't seem to me like the place uh, for Wiggle. Wiggle seemed to be, uh, as I mentioned on the call, right, it's, it's too big for Apple. Wiggle is, is too big for Tesla. Wiggle is too big for Samsung. It, it seemed to me like it needed to be a space and a place where anyone who wanted to participate in the growth of this industry could participate and not just a few handful of folks who were doing it for reasons that did not taste like they were moving the technology for. It tasted more like this was to seize a share of the market or to fight another guy or those kinds of things, which is what Wiggle, Wiggle was just not, uh, not intended for. So, so I, don't, I don't know if we will ever do the traditional venture capital, go to banks and that kind of thing, because what we found with the uh, the Jobs Act is where these crowdfund uh, capabilities came from. What we found with the Regulation CF and we f- are finding with the Regulation A is that the average person, the person whose pension fund some of these folks are using the money to do it with anyway, they want to be involved and they'd like to uh, reap some of the rewards that some of these venture capital guys are doing. Yeah, well, it's interesting that there really are these alternative uh, investment models now, right? So, you know, as an entrepreneur, you get to you get to choose. I, I mean, I can certainly appreciate the you know, there's always some concern about corporate venture capital. I think a lot of corporate VCs are well intentioned, but they they do have strategic, you know, they have some strategic objectives and and venture capital. I, I personally, I think a lot of them are, you know, upstanding upstanding people with a, a lot of integrity. But uh, you know, of course, there are also you know, VCs that, yeah, will, will uh, leak an idea or, you know, maybe explore implementation of an idea themselves. So 
So yeah, I can I can appreciate the concern here. Great. So I, I think we've covered a fair bit of territory, Ahmed. Anything that we haven't touched on yet that you think is important for people to know? I think to me, the biggest thing is a question that I, I have to answer all the time. Like those folks say, well, when are you going to have a working model, right? When is the technology you know, going to be here? And I have to, I have to remind them, we, we had a working model before we had a patent. What we're doing now is we're giving applications of that model of Wiggle. We work with one of the premier guys, Dr. Tom Buka, RFD Diagnostics, into making a RF to DC harvesting device for us that we could connect to a, a basic Wi-Fi router, put a booster on it, and send noise, and then harvest that energy on the other side, right? I'm not the only guy doing that. There, there's lots of people in that space who, who've done that and have those working models. And so I think the thing that I would want folks to know is, and I thought your horizon question was perfect. When you look at when are we going to get this technology, we're not talking about something your grandkids are going to see. We're talking about something you're going to see. We're just now making it where it's attractive to the B2C, attractive uh, to the B2B. Again, we published last year. I know last year seems like a long time ago now, but we published last year in scientific reports, work, working models. We, these are in Miami right now at uh, Florida International University. That they work. It's just the size isn't right. The packaging isn't right. Again, Wiggle is not intending on making televisions and key fog and smoke detectors. So we've got to get those into a, uh, a fashion that fit inside of the decision-making curve for the manufacturers uh, that we intend to do our future generations of. So I think that was what, that's what I would want to leave folks with is that this is not some science project and in years to come, no, this is in years past, was already built. We're now putting it in a form faction that works best for IoT. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, I would love to see this in my house in the, in the coming years. Ahmed, I, I'm sure some of our listeners are interested in learning more as well and maybe exploring what this might mean for their businesses. What would be the best way for them to reach out to you or, uh, or to uh, the team at Wiggle? So I would say... And I don't want to put her on the spot, but she's not here, so I'll put her on the spot. Contact us at info at wiggleinc.com, W-I-G-L-I-N-C.com, info at wiggleinc.com, and, and just message Marie Wise. So she's our chief of innovation and partnering. She will get you to the right one or ones of us who fit best with your answer. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, the, that's the right connection point into Wiggle. All right. Perfect. Well, Ahmad, really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing the, the status of the technology with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Happy New Year uh, to you and, and to, to all those folks out in podcast land. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Thanks for tuning into another edition of the IoT Spotlight podcast. If you find these conversations valuable, please leave us a comment and a five-star review. And if you'd like to share your company's story or recommend a speaker, please email us at team at iot1.com. Finally, if you have an IoT research, strategy, or training initiative that you would like to discuss, you can email me directly at erik.walenza at iot1.com. Thank you.